Hello, Acapella Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. And you might be surprised, but there's no other co-host today. Alicia is taking a break uh, for tonight's episode. So it'll be just I coming at you with some amazing guests as usual, you know, for 2021. So we're really excited to keep our conversations going and just really continue speaking with people who are just really making an impact in the vocal arts community and I am so stoked for tonight's guest because we are completely diverting from our typical format normally you know we invite some groups on we invite solo singers maybe some technicians but man we have some all-stars with us today we have none other than two world champion beatboxers we have none other than chris salise and gene shinozaki they are members of spider horse joining us out of new york how are you guys doing today doing great fantastic today awesome so i'm gonna try my best not to completely geek out but i'm not lying when i say a lot of my free time is spent just looking up like beatbox videos and i've stumbled across you all's and i was like these guys are insane they need to come on the show and i hope they are free and so i'm so thankful that you two are free well we're really happy to be here and you know this is great that we get to talk about stuff that we just love to do. So yeah. thank you for having us. Oh, of course. Of course. So I got to start here. So I'm curious because a lot of people, at least in the contemporary acapella community, you know, they stumble upon beatboxing and I guess vocal percussion because there's a need for it in their group. You know, they went on YouTube and they're looking on how do I learn how to beatbox so I can help my group out. But, uh, you know, you guys, you know, your experience is a little bit different because you all, you primarily focus on beatboxing versus vocal percussion, which, you know, I'm really curious to get your take on that. But where I want to start is what initially piqued your interest in beatboxing? This is a great question. Good question. <laughs> I think any beatboxer, when they start their journey, they watch something that like makes them go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's real, right? And that's right. just across mm -hmm. the board. Any beatboxer or anybody who hears beatboxing for the first time is like, oh my gosh, like if they're really present to what's <laughs> happening. So Gene and I both have very specific moments when that happened. For me is when I played SSX Tricky when, when I was like 13. Oh, great game. Great game, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Garibaldi, the first stage was, this is Razel. And I was like, what? This is crazy. He got his music placed in that video game, which I didn't understand yet. And then on LimeWire, I found his music, downloaded the whole so thing. So many viruses. On my computer. Oh, same. Just had that blue screen. You know what I'm blue talking about? The, the hey, I destroyed my parents' computer oh, due to LimeWire. So. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. I was just right? I, like, Control-Alt-Delete became my... I mean, that's everybody, I guess, if you were, if you were hip to it at the time. Yeah. But anyway, found that album, which led me to listening to The Four Elements, which is him and Kenny Muhammad versus two DJs. I was like, oh my gosh. Then I used Yahoo Search before Google to find human beatbox stop co.uk it wasn't humanbeatbox.com yet and then the guy gavin tight was giving free tutorials and he gave the tutorials video tutorials and then that's where i just started to learn and i was hooked from that point on oh nice so you had a particular kind of like almost like a mentor a little bit at least someone that you were able to focus on to learn a bunch of your initial tools and yeah, sure. skills so how, how about you, Gene? What, what was that moment for you that kind of hooked you? There are actually a bunch of little moments that made me go, ooh, that's, that's really cool. But I think the, the most impactful one was when I saw Men in Black in movie <laughs> nice. theaters. 
And there's a scene where Tommy Lee Jones has got his memory got wiped and he was working at this post mm-hmm. office, right? And oh, then yes. mm-hmm. Jay goes in and he's like, dude, let me prove to you that they're aliens. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and Bismarck, he's right there as a mailman. And he looks back and he's like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, then, and then Jay's like, Bismarck, he's like, they just start beatboxing each other and they're communicating and that's like Mm -hmm. their alien language and there's this one groove that bismarcky does that i love so much and it's like yeah (laughs) and that was the end of the conversation but yeah, yeah that really piqued my interest but i didn't really start taking beatboxing seriously until after I dropped out of college and just started looking up world championship videos and saw this guy, Reeps One, who is the guy who popularized dubstep beatboxing throughout the whole okay. world. And I was like, wow, that is huh. unbelievable. I got to do that. I got to do this forever. I completely forgot about that moment in Men in Black. I'm like, I'll remember, of course, if I'm watching it, but I forgot that the mainstream moments that, you know, beatboxers in there. And so do, do you guys personally feel there's enough mainstream beatboxing out there right now, at least in films and media and stuff like that? Is it accurately portrayed? Do you feel like there's, you know, not enough? What, what are your takes on there, that? There, it's definitely there's abundance of beatbox content on mm-hmm. YouTube and uh, Instagram on all of the social mm-hmm. media platforms. I don't think beatboxing is represented enough in mainstream media as much. Even when they do, it's just like a little, oh, by the way, check out this cool party trick. It's mm-hmm. nothing like, oh, look at these artists who are pursuing this as a career and watch them harmonize. Right. It's almost like themselves. it's almost <laughs> they try to portray like gimmicky almost at times. Yes. 100%. Is, is that yeah, fair? Yeah. But it's okay. it it's fine because it's it's such a weird art form. We're jaded yeah. to it. So it's it's <laughs> it's just you know, it's like painting or like drawing or mm-hmm. any right. kind of other art form to us, but it's very weird to other people, I yeah yeah i can see that so it's it's interesting now that i'm learning a little bit more about your your individual i guess paths to beatboxing and that just makes me curious on because the group is spider horse it's a a duo beatbox a group and i'm curious so in the midst of you learning everything you know falling in love with beatbox when did the two of you realize that okay we got to team up we got to make this happen was there a light bulb moment that happened he had to break up with (laughs) the other dude he was working with what wait a minute you were a part of another group that you had to to break up with is that what i heard yeah, okay, he, so he, he cheated on him. I didn't cheat on oh, him. Oh, I got to hear this. No, I got to hear the story. That's not what happened. That's kind of what happened. Okay, so the law, the, okay, the short version is I just wasn't satisfied in the moment with like the people that I was working with in terms of like the music making. My tag team partner or the person that I was making with the music with at the, at the time was my, my friend Johnny, Johnny Buffalo, who beatboxes for Backtrack or I don't oh, know. He used to. Used to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we actually did an interview with Backtrack a few months ago. Yeah, they mentioned Johnny. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Nice. So I yeah. taught Johnny how to beatbox and then he grew super oh. fast and then he moved to New York with me because that's where I'm you know, that's where I was born and raised. And then he we just started making music together. But then at some point I was just like, Man, I'm just not satisfied with like making music and then Gene was 
coming back and forth from Boston and we were hanging out and I was like, I think, I was available. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, maybe this could work out. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. I, I didn't do it in like a, well, at, at the time I was. You're not telling the story completely accurately. Cause oh, Gene, I, I gotta get your take on this. It's not just Johnny because it was Amit afterwards. Oh. And then, so he. <laughs> He replaced Johnny with Amit, uh-huh. who's in our crew, and then okay. he replaced Amit with me. Wait a minute, yeah. he wasn't. It wasn't about third. <laughs> tri- yeah, that's what happened. I mean, the third time the charm, I guess. I just felt like I wanted to make us. Yeah. I wanted it to feel a specific kind of way when I was making music, and mm-hmm. wasn't satisfied in both arenas. Because, like, yes, and then when I started jamming with Gene, I was like, okay. This makes sense. Yeah. And part of the reason right. why it clicks so much is because we both have music theory backgrounds and we were able to communicate with oh, each other okay. musically. And we kind of like the same kind of music too. Good mm-hmm. vibe, groovy, but heavy and big sounds, yeah. you know? So Yeah. 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 So what are what are some of those artists that kind of you guys synced up on and realized that, hey, we have this in common? We listen to a lot of independent producers mm-hmm. like uh, Flume, Chance the Rapper. I mean, Chance the Rappers. I guess he's, he's yeah. an independent producer, too. We also listen to like Mr. Carmack, like really beat heavy beat yeah. based bass heavy producers. Mm-hmm. Grammatic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we also listen to like really pretty cute groovy music <laughs> right, too, right. you know like chill funk stuff wolfpack we wolfpack love wolfpack oh, okay. a lot oh good stuff yeah yeah and their mix is really oh, it's amazing so it's so aesthetically pleasing yeah yeah I was going to ask because I'm like, I, I know that from an outside perspective, you, you kind of want to believe people that aren't into beatboxers that they're into beatboxing music, that it's like the beatboxers are just listening to this, you know, heavy dubstep and, you know, floor pounding type of stuff. But yet at the same time, you're like, man, these guys got to be listening to other stuff as well that who knows, you know, Barry Manilow, Michael Jackson, I don't know, some of the softer stuff. So, you know, we're, we're, we're musicians first and beatboxers second. Right, so. exactly. Okay. Beatboxing is a musical tool for us to create music. Right. So I'm curious because I really want to get your opinion on this next question because at least in the contemporary acapella community, there is this gigantic debate that goes back and forth. And I don't feel like we can properly answer it without having people that are in the beatbox community to like weigh in. And it's this idea of distinguishing between beatboxing and vocal percussion. And, you know, I'm curious what your opinions are with that. I have my own personal opinions, but as two people who do beatboxing full time, is there a difference to you? Is it the same? What constitutes one versus the other? Well, it's interesting because I feel like I don't like labels yeah right that's fair yeah like when we're making music we're just making music yeah you know what i mean so i don't think it matters <laughs> really you can call it whatever you can call you it whatever yeah. you want but again this is our hot take on mm-hmm. it because i just don't think you should limit yourself to just this is what this is and this is what this is i think to give mm-hmm. it a specific label limits you as to what you can do that's why even when we beatbox and we share it with people they're like what is that i don't know what you're talking about when you comes beatboxing because that's what not what i know about beatboxing at all like what you guys do is nothing i've ever heard before which is exactly Mm -hmm. right and this is the whole thing when we're like making music we're just making music there's nothing nothing more than just like i'm doing the vocal percussion part and now gene is singing and doing the harmony part just like no we're thinking about it from how can we make something that reflects who we are as people and that whether that's me right to you it's all just creating art yeah it's, yeah, it's not it, there's yeah. no label to it and just to be like i have to focus on my vocal percussion i think limits to you yeah to, to mm-hmm. what you can do but if you are to label us 
were beatboxers. Okay, so there's a little distinction. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because it's oh, it's, it's like if you were to be like a to a tap dancer. Oh, we love your you're a tapper. Like, mm-hmm. why did you call me that? Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's I think beatboxers are able to be solo beatboxers. Yes, solo exactly. artists. Mm-hmm. They they can entertain a whole crowd with just themselves on a stage. I think vocal percussion, when it comes to vocal percussion, it's more of a drummer in an acapella band. Right. And I was going to ask you about that because I was like, does it change anything if you add a singer to the mix or add other musicians who aren't beatboxers? Does that change how you guys perceive it? Not I mean, no. If you add a singer to a beatboxer. Yeah, sorry. Say, for instance, you guys are doing your thing and then you invite a singer to perform with you. Does that change how you view what you're doing? I mean, it shifts the roles of what you do because that's something that we're always juggling. Like, what's serving the moment and what's serving the music best? And if we're collaborating mm-hmm. with a singer, then like... Because I, I do a lot of bass, too, yeah. and uh, harmonies and stuff, chord changes and whatnot. Especially if we're doing something together, I usually take the bass and harmonies. And then if we had a singer, I'll just go with the singer and, you know, reharm whatever she's singing. Right. Does that make me a vocal percussionist? I, I don't think so. <laughs> but does it make me a beatboxer? Probably. Right. Right. And so you guys do have defined roles in what you do. You guys know kind of what your lanes are in terms of, you know, in a group, you know, you have your, your bass, your tenor, alto, stuff like that. For you guys, as you said, Gene, you're the, the bass predominantly. And then, of course, Chris adds the, the higher stuff, the, the top layer a little bit. Is that a fair way to represent that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The feel okay. of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I and mean, we can we can demonstrate a little bit if you want. Yeah. Oh, please, by all means. <laughs> Come on. That's sick. Man, you guys are you guys are ridiculous. It's not even fair. But whenever like I just meet people who are just this talented, I, I just lose words because that's just incredible. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. So I'm curious with, with beatboxing, and this is another one of those opinion-based questions on your, since, you know, you guys are just open to sharing and, you know, this is a very laid back conversation here. With beatboxing, I've always been curious. To you, do you feel that it's more, and I, I hope I'm not offending anyone when I ask this question, do you feel that it's more replication or innovation when we're talking beatboxing at the end of the day? Because I know there's an element to both in terms of beatboxing but you know i've always been curious about that are you trying to do more of recreate what you've heard or there's also this other element of sometimes you guys do sounds i've never even heard before and i don't even know how i would attribute that so what are your thoughts on that it's both because what 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 happens is when you try to replicate a sound like everybody's body is different right so like just like when you sing your, your resonance chamber for what you're creating with your sound is different right Mm -hmm. which is why everybody has a different voice so when you hear somebody create some especially like another beatboxer make something that is a really cool sound what ends up happening is like oh i want to try and do that like like for example if you're trying to get or or some along those lines you hear like oh my gosh that makes me so happy i want to try and do that you'll go through (laughs) a period of trying to replicate it a specific way 
but sometimes you replicate exactly how it sounds and that's like super cool sometimes you end up finding something along the path of your experimentation of how to replicate the sound to make it sound like your own thing or you'll discover something completely new okay when you're doing it and i think the thing that is very distinct especially in the beatbox community is that it's main foundational tenant in my opinion is progress and what i mean by that is like everything is about like pushing the art form forward and doing new things that are cool and innovative and they're gonna make people listen to it and be like yo check this out this is gonna make you feel crazy you listen to it, you're like oh my gosh so crazy i want to learn how to do that or you give people that feeling of like awe, because that's what we're kind of searching for every time we make a song or a new routine whether it's like texturally with like the sounds we're layering or or with new sounds that we're learning or like the structure of the composition you know uh so i think there's a little bit of both because we're inspired by things that we hear on records and like we try to make it like jd is a huge influence of mine said like mm-hmm. i listen to a ton of drummers so my, my style is the way that it is because like again i don't think about like i'm not playing vocal percussion i'm playing the drums you know what i mean like right. I'm actually yeah. like so if you're doing that you should study drummers you should study drummers and how they make things feel. So I replicate the feeling of what that would be like. But that has also led me to having my own very distinct way that my beatboxing comes across, which is like an mm-hmm. innovative thing. So those things are, you know, the same. Like Gene's style, for example, is inspired a lot by Bobby McFerrin, right? Oh, okay. You know, yeah, so 100%. From everything from like the arpeggios to like the bass notes and implying the harmonies. And then that makes so much sense now. Okay. After watching some of your videos, I get it. That's the replication. And then the innovation part mm-hmm. is like, oh, let me see how many different kinds of ways I can do this thing that I know, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why right. that's why Gene's style is the way that it is. Okay. And, and so I'm curious because I know that, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know, Chris, that you do uh, music education and you teach people about beatboxing. Gene, you, do you also do teaching as well in terms of teaching people beatboxing <laughs> <What do you, laughs> oh man come on chris what's going yeah. on I mean, I did, um, you, know, <laughs> you did two workshops today without me oh wow well thanks for coming <laughs> on after such a busy day i'm curious as as we're talking about you know replication and innovation you know what's instrumental when you're teaching the new people who are just getting into it you know what's a good starting point do you just say hey here's some people go listen to people who are doing it well go listen to the things that you enjoy terms of drumming or do you say hey no get a foundation then just go try out something new where do you start with this expression from the jump because like none of that matters unless you're able you have to be able to remind yourself that every time you make something you're expressing yourself so create like whether it's a sound like ah or or, that is the beginning because that's that's how Mm -hmm. you turn thing you turn your emotions into like a thing that you can share with people, which is music, right? And we create that with our bodies. So if just having everybody feel safe enough to express that is where a lot of people find their styles or artists find their voice because they feel like this is who I am. This is what I want to get out to the world. And this is what I want to get to people. So that vibe and that energy is the most important thing in the entire world because it's what I feel like everybody really wants to search with. Like, how do I get, how do I tell my story and create what i want in the world how do i take my imagination put it out to reality and that starts with how you're thinking and how you're feeling and when i start is there because if you don't start with that foundation you'll go on this and everybody has their own journey on how they stumbled upon it but like the expression is what really 
because there's everybody who makes anything in the world, everybody's one of one. So you should express that with what you're doing. And beatboxing is just a tool to do that. And the thing is, we're not mm-hmm. any different than anybody else. It's just we've decided to put in time into this tool that allows us to express ourselves, which is the most important part of why we do it. Whenever we want. And whenever we want. And that's the best <laughs> part about it. Because then you can learn the fundamentals. You could learn, you could watch all the beatbox videos. You could listen to all the drummers. But if you don't know why you're doing it and how to yeah. just channel the expression from like your true self, then what's the point of doing it? It. exactly what are you doing? You know? <laughs> right that's all art is you know it's a self-expression you know of who you are you know at the end of the day so i get it awesome well unfortunately on that note we do have to take a quick commercial break but uh i've been loving this conversation so listeners don't go anywhere because we're going to come right back and continue speaking with chris and gene of spider horse right here on Tacapella. every week for an hour we hand over the keys to the station to wait is that right the listeners It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. And And welcome welcome back to Tacapella. Thanks for joining us back on the show. We have been speaking with Chris and Gene of Spider Horse. They are a beatboxing tag team duo and just pretty much two amazing people. And I've been enjoying speaking with them. We got a little bit into, you know, what how they got into beatbox, you know, what's the inspiration behind it, uh, a little bit distinguishing between beatbox and vocal percussion. And sometimes, you know, the two are just the same thing is what we found out. So I've been having a fun time speaking with them. And just to kind of jump into it, something that we cannot ignore is that we are speaking to World Beatbox Champions right here. 2018, the two of you won the World Beatbox Championships. And so I'm curious, was that moment as surreal as you expected to be? Ooh, that's a good question. I... That was exactly how I pictured it. Was it? <laughs> we envisioned it, and then we made it happen. I think that's nice. the best part about yeah. it, because we were like, we're going to do this. So you knew that you were going to win, basically. We had to trick ourselves into knowing <laughs> that we were going to win. The entire <laughs> I mean, we were preparing a lot. Yeah, we did. We prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the energy from the audience like at something like that? Because I've never been to a beatbox competition or anything like that. All of What's it like? All so everyone's incredibly supportive even if you're not good they're just happy to be there and they're all beatbox enthusiasts and they're all there for the love of one thing and mm-hmm. it's beatboxing yes. it's it's a great vibe mm-hmm. yeah all the competitors yeah. too we're all just one big family so it's yeah. not like we don't share our techniques or whatever we're not trying to hide anything we just give <laughs> and give to each other and level each other up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even when so we're you trade about secrets. to battle each other next, you know. <laughs> it's one of a kind community, I think. Yeah. So do you find a lot of like beginner beatboxers at these events, even like at the world championship? Oh, yeah. 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 I was one of and, them. And yo, you were. And twenty eight well, twenty eighteen that was your first time competing at that level? Well actually no. Or- my my first competition was twenty thirteen in American Champs. Oh. Okay. Well, my first competition I attended was twenty twelve. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was one of those guys that been beatboxing for a little bit but i just loved it so much 
that I had to come through. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm curious. I, I definitely wanted to hear that. It's interesting because you watch those videos, at least from an online perspective, or like go on YouTube and you watch World B-Box Championship. And man, you can just see the audience is just like into it and stuff. And that's not always the case when you go to like, say like a contemporary acapella bin or an ICCA, something like that. It's always a, you, you have to wait till the end to figure out, you know, engage. And so the fact that you're able just to feed instantaneously off that, that's got to be pretty incredible. And so I'm, I'm curious after winning that in 2018 you know did you all just take the time to enjoy that moment or is it just straight back into the music and straight back into work for you well that whole time was really crazy for us because we were on like a six-week tour through asia and europe so that was just one of the oh, stops wow. that was just one <laughs> side hustle okay <laughs> wow just, we're gonna stop in berlin really quick win this world championship we're gonna move on yeah to- yeah we'll just we'll just do this in our free time here you know, i guess i mean, I mean it, it was everything was leading up to that yes exactly right to berlin you know it was yeah it was a it was a really good tour the reason i say that is because like right after we went to poland and then we went to teaching beatboxing oh. box camp and then we went to china to judge the chinese beatbox championships and before that, we were in Taiwan judging the Asia Beatbox Asia Championships. Beatbox, yes. You know, so all wow. of Asia. So we did that showcase, and it was and just. Then we went to Japan. Oh, and then we went to Japan. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And judged another local yeah. beatbox battle there. And taught another workshop okay. in Tokyo. Treated us like rock stars. It was awesome. It was really oh, cool. Man. That whole time, and I don't think we would have won if we weren't spending that much time together. Because I think what we got to learn was to how to be present through all the stuff that we were doing and i think that's the most important part when you're working with somebody if you can especially as a as an artist if you can be present in the moment what you're doing and i feel like Mm -hmm. the entire time we were just like there just like experiencing (laughs) it and we put all that energy into our performance at world champ so it made again Mm -hmm. like we were working towards it and then when we did it it was like yes this is awesome (laughs) so i'm curious with uh you know a competition set how long for you all does it take to put something like that together is it pretty quick Uh, do you notate anything like that with beatboxing is it just off you know just all auditory what's the the format for you two we do it auditory if we ever write anything down but a lot of voice memos a ton of voice memos a ton of them Wow. Yeah. Um, And it'll usually start with like one melody and we'll talk a lot beforehand. Just like that again, coming back to expression and intention, like what do you want this to be about? Like what's in in How do you want the audience to feel when you perform it? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We talk about these things for like an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two hours Mm -hmm. and just fill the room with that energy, marinate in it. And then somehow it's just the melody or rhythm just comes to us and then we just ride that energy yeah it's yeah. almost like you're drawing it from somewhere just an out-of-body experience yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so you just got to be re- just listening the whole time mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm glad that you mentioned trying to get the audience to feel something i think that's super important and, and i'm so fascinated by how that works with beatboxing say for instance you wanted the audience you know to feel a certain emotion you know what's the not the trick but how do you pull that out of the audience with beatboxing what do you go to it's the same it has to be an authentic experience that you've had. Again, beatbox mm-hmm. is just a tool. And the funniest yeah. part about if you watch our, what do you call it, our elimination, we sang for mm-hmm. the first minute. And the yeah. elimination's two, two minutes, minutes long. long. And in a beatbox, oh, that's like unheard of. Like, what are you guys doing? You're just singing. Yeah, right. It turned out to be a really good idea because the only ones that did it. Yes. And that made really? it stand out. Yeah. 
Wow. And one else was like, this is the drop. And you guys like, no, we're going to sing. We're going to sing to him. We're just going to sing. Exactly. And that's the thing. We like went out there and we were, and the the two routines we decided to put together were also about the same things. They were just about like heartbreak and like also kind of like resolving loose ends with somebody you care about. So the Mm. narrative is all, number one is important. And also to the authenticity of that narrative. Sometimes it doesn't have to be that way. Because like you, you can mm-hmm. kind of put yourself in somebody else's shoes, then you can create that. But we both know our experiences because we've just been friends for a long time, so we know those things happened, and then we just yeah, took... we both live through each other's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's really the yeah. the key because we weren't not, everything that we did, the energy of that was put into the piece that we were doing, mm-hmm. which is not unique to uh, like, and that's what I mean by bringing people together and like making having intention with your music. It's like, how do you want to make people feel? It's like, well, I know that we went through this together, and or we went through this in our own way. Let's put this into a piece that we could share with somebody, and maybe they can mm-hmm. see themselves through the piece that we make and it worked right. i remember my uh, our friend rinka came up she was the first one to come up and she was bawling her eyes out. she was crying why yeah. is she crying at a beatbox today? i don't know everyone's yeah. like oh, i call my mom why is everybody <laughs> feeling that way you know but it's because like we're very mm-hmm. intentional about like how we wanted to curate the energy of this space again it comes back to expression it's number one it's the most important part right right yeah just hearing it all makes so much more sense now do you feel that judges value singing in a beatbox competition how just because you mentioned that, you know, you guys are only one to do it. So obviously it worked out in your favor, but do you feel that's a standard? Do a lot of judges go for singing and beatbox competition? Not particularly, but they do value good music and good structure okay. and good composition. Yeah. And we, we kind of wanted to give the judges ears a break too, because we, we've judged many battles too. And hearing beatboxing for six, seven hours straight, it's, just, you want it's, to die. it's very strange. <laughs> it's really, it gets really old. Yeah. Really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just judged 125 <laughs> wild cards and they were all a minute yeah. 30 long. You can imagine how. Oh, man. If you, oh. if you hear like a couple of singers in the midst of all that, they sound like angels. That's a good point. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was kind of like our strategic plan as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. just to give the judges a little breather and finally yeah. some in tune like allow them to have a break yeah. music and, it, and it's worth noting you guys are actually really good singers you know that i'm like i've listened to your stuff that's I, i'm like that's that's definitely a compliment i'm not trying to you know brush it out to the side or anything that's that's impressive i don't you know you don't normally think beatboxers and singers and stuff but man yeah you guys can definitely carry a tune for sure and i'm glad that we're talking about singing because this brings me to my next point so 28 you guys were traveling Asia, you know, winning competitions and doing workshops and, you know, doing it on a drop of a dime there. But in 2019, right after 2018, you guys turn around and you win the Open which is like one of the biggest vocal competitions in the country, which is, you know, grown in popularity. And people look at that and just like, man, two beatboxers won that when, you know, you have these all-star vocal groups. I'm just so curious. What was it like to be like pioneers, you know, in a competition that's just dominated by singing groups? It's it's crazy. I mean, it it almost felt like it was just, we were just on a track to that point. (laughs) Because two years ago, a group called Women of the World won. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and that's a four piece. Right. They're, they're good friends of mine, actually. And then oh, nice. And then the year after, Iris won, which is a three piece. Mm-hmm. And then the year later, <laughs> Spider Horse win as a two piece. Oh man! <laughs> so it next was, year, Soloist is winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that was uh-huh. that was kind of serendipitous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. <laughs> so so I think if they do another one, I should just do it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just to continue the just the trend. The trend. Oh man, that that's that's awesome. So and and it's interesting because I have looked up and down. I have not been able to find you know what that set looked like. I don't think that they really published anything like that. What was what was the inspiration behind what you guys wanted? Wanted to go into that competition with you know was there a certain theme to your set was there anything that you wanted to accomplish by the music yeah we just it, it was literally yeah let's yeah. take them on a journey and then also like <laughs> let's not beatbox yeah. for like two minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly oh, wow. um actually you know what fun fact if you look at our if you go to gbb 2019 that showcase okay. was the showcase that we did for the open i think i'm checking that out there but like that was yeah, the first right. time that yeah. we what we do is like we'll take a set and then we'll prep the way we that we practice this set was we put it through every kind of pressure test imaginable like we'll do it on a big festival stage and then we'll do it in a bar and then we'll do it street performing and then we'll do it oh, while man. we we did it in every possible every kind possible. of environment yeah. to just see what nuances we wanted to whether it was like a fra- a phrasing thing or like a or intonation thing like when, when if we can do it in any and especially while we're running like if we could do that you know in, in that, those kind of different Beyonce environments stuff. exactly then we'd Beyonce be ready training. yeah we'd be yeah. ready to take it to carnegie hall because you know it's just nerve-wracking being two people stepping on a stage that's just so crazy but um i, I also know it was funny because i i approached you know, i was like gene we should try this because i think it'd be sick <laughs> one because it'd be like we could i was like hell yeah we could really push the art yeah. yeah i think with just us two also like like labels why like we're just gonna make gonna make music right you know break the barriers down we're yeah. just gonna prove a point that it doesn't matter that's literally right we went in there just being like we're just gonna show just you what we do and that's it fresh fresh, fresh. Fl- exactly yeah, yeah. it just feels like it's fresh and that's mm-hmm. the most important yeah. part about making something if, if if we're proud of it and it feels good to us we can share it with other people hopefully they have that same experience and we've been i think been doing pretty good <laughs> yeah and also the thing about carnegie hall too i think the the less people there are the better you sound as in as yeah. in we were doing the mic checks and everything mm-hmm. and the sound engineer was just able to crank us all the way up without feeding back because nice. there's only two people and mm-hmm. when you have like 15 people on stage with hot mics Ooh. you got to turn that turn that thing all the way down you know so the bigger groups sounded smaller yeah mm-hmm. and uh, but you guys just filled the room it yeah. just it just yeah. felt like that venue was made for beat oh my gosh so. our sound check we yeah. just said it was like oh my god it's over just like we felt it fill the room <laughs> and, and it just like, like it went to the ceiling and it just swirled there yeah for a while and yeah. like see i need to get out there i have not been to carnegie hall it's uh, just incredible venue, yeah. just in the room when you perform there it's like the vibe is so great it's like yeah. the room whenever you're going into a new space and i think this is for any performer your room is the instrument it doesn't matter what space you're playing in if well i mean every single space you play in is different 
right? Whether it's like a tiny bar or like Carnegie Hall or like a 400 person venue or something like that. those spaces and those rooms are all different and you got to play to what your room sounds like. And we went into Carnegie Hall and we did our sound and we're like, oh my God, this room is mm-hmm. supports every kind of thing that I want to do musically. So yeah. like, and that was what was exciting about it. Again, it's like we get to express ourselves exactly how we want to. And that mm-hmm. was the best experience. I, I remember we were sound checking and the judges were sitting there just watching. And then mm-hmm. each performer gets five minutes of uh, sound check, I think. And our five minutes were up. So we stopped. And then the judges, keep going. <laughs> I want to hear more. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the judges yeah, were saying that. We're like, like, oh, okay, man. Like, this, <laughs> this is weird. This is I, can, hey, I can so believe that. I'm sure they've never heard anything like that. I'm like, you don't get beatboxers at these kind of things. That's insane. That is so awesome. Man. Okay. I've made a note to go and uh, look up GBB 2019 because I got to I gotta hear this. It's insane. We, we got a few minutes here. You know, I got to make sure we talk about you all's debut album, which just dropped January 1st, 2021. Is that correct? And it's your self-titled debut album. Awesome. And so with that, there's so many thoughts that go into a, a debut album and so many thoughts on what you want it to be, how you want people to respond to it. And I'm curious for you, both of you, as you began working on it, were there any particular ideas or concepts that you were particularly focused on? And then with that, what would you say is the biggest thing you want listeners to take away from listening to it? The biggest thing that we want people to take away is just do what you want. Because <laughs> literally on that, if you again, if you listen to the album, it's like... We're doing what we want. We're doing what we want to do. <laughs> you know, Gene has some songs where he's like singing. I have some songs where I'm like rap singing and we're both beatboxing. But we've also like decided to just play a bunch of instruments again because we're musicians first and we mixed and pr- produced the just whole had a lot of fun we just yeah. had fun making it because again it comes down to that expression part and we just wanted you, to make you can tell in the yeah. album that it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah i'm like i was grooving to it it was great thank you thank you yeah and but that's yeah. the most important part like again it comes down if it doesn't feel good when you're making it then like stop don't go on (laughs) you should try every single idea that you have and flip it as many different ways as you can and then come out with something that's yourself you know that's unique Mm -hmm. to you i think that's i would like to see that a lot more in the acapella community because i think there's space to like like just try things that people aren't doing yeah and it takes a lot of bravery to do that but more now than ever the people that's why people like artists because they do that yeah i agree i feel like maybe annually you get you know a handful of groups and you know maybe that's less than 10 at least an acapella scene who who try and really do something or produce an album that's just like okay that's something that's a little bit different everyone else is kind of following the standard rubric and just like okay this is because this is the way it's been done and so i i can really applaud and commend your efforts to try and really think outside the box with what you guys are doing because like i said i'm like that album you know you had hip-hop you had a feel of electronica in there it had some old school some new school and so that's kind of what we need yeah (laughs) all the stuff that we like listening to exactly right so so how long did did the album take to to put together you know from when he began working on it to release want to say a year and a half yeah we started with the blueprints a year and a half ago or something when did we start doing sync out recording yeah probably like a year and a half ago yeah 
Because well, a lot uh-huh. of the routines we had, again, they come from like a lot of the beatbox battle stuff that we're getting for competitions. So we're like, let's just turn these mm-hmm. into full songs. And then some of them just took a whole different form of their yeah. own. And it's like each of the each of the songs, I feel like when you're writing something, they kind of take a life of their own. And it's like a plant. And they just grow in their own <laughs> way. And you got to nurture. Yeah, they keep evolving. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what great it's art. It's never finished. It's never like ever done. Because we had to finish it. Something like okay. So done listening to this. Yeah. So done with this album. Yeah, because you're like, I don't know right. if this is when you're. You, yeah, you can't tell if it's yeah. good or not. When anymore. you're mixing something down, you're just like, I don't know if this is good. Five hundred yeah. times. Right. I don't know if I'm just tired or or it's just that's it. Just fatigued. Huh? Right. Exactly. So yeah, right. then, again, the expression part, the most important part, and people just be yourself, just in practice doing that. That's the real mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and don't stress yourself out too much. Yeah. That's also a message that we like to kind of sneak in. And don't <laughs> take everything too seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just want perfect. this to be like a nice sigh of relief yeah exactly <laughs> well it put me at ease it, it raised the heartbeat a little bit at times it, it did all the things all the feels are there so man yeah we are we will definitely have to go go listen to it a little bit more listeners you heard it right here go check out spider horse's debut album titled spider horse and on that note we unfortunately do have to take one more commercial break but don't go anywhere because we've been speaking with chris and gene of spider horse and we're going to continue speaking with them right here on Tacapella. you may not know this but acaville is a non-profit we're a community supported organization and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions so I encourage you to be a member of Acavel. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Acavil.org, check out the member benefits because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acavil community. And thanks for joining us back on Talkapella. We've been speaking with Gene and Chris. They are the tag team duo that make up Spider Horse World B-Box Champions. And just what an amazing and fun show. Just getting to talk creativity, talk inspiration, and just talk, you know, about all things beatbox at the end of the day, which has been really fun and exciting for me. As per tradition around here, we always like to go into a round of rapid fire questions with our guests. So, Gene, are both of you ready for rapid fire questions? All right. First thing that comes to mind. All right, here we go. Question one, what is your favorite non-music related activity? <laughs> I was going to say washing dishes. Really? It, it helps me clear my mind. It's a mindless activity Mindless activity that I can allows my brain to just exercise itself. I guess anything else is just, I only do music. <laughs> only music? There's nothing else in your life outside of music? My second favorite thing, I guess, is taking naps. I don't know. I don't really take that. That counts. Drinking coffee. Can I change yeah. mine to drinking coffee? You are welcome to change. I guess. Running? But I don't like nice. running. I hate running <laughs> when it's happening, but then afterwards, I'm like, I'm glad I did that. Feels good. Right? It's, hey, same. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It feels good after you complete it, so that works. All right. Question two. What's the best place you've ever traveled? I'm going to say Japan for me. This is a hard one. The best place? I can't. I can't say what the best place is. Sorry. What? Why is that? They're all so good in their own unique ways. That's true. And like, it it really depends on the people who you hang out with too. That's a fact. Yeah. Like Spain is such a beautiful place, but I didn't like the people I was hanging out with. So, so I don't like Spain. <laughs> That's a good answer. I'm gonna say Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm not going to make any assumptions about that, but I, I understand. Question three. You're offered a guest feature on the new album of any artist. Who would you choose? Why would you say things like that? <laughs> you know, hypothetical. I would love to collaborate with uh, Jacob Collier just because. Just to see ooh, what that'd be like. Yeah, just to see what it's like. That, that would be such an interesting. His mind is so interesting. Yeah. I'd like to pick at it. Yeah. I also think it's. That'd be a lot of complexity. Similar. I bet it'd it's be really very, fun to hang yeah, out with them it, and make music together. Yeah, gone to it so Unless deep. he's like super elitist and like judgy. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. He, he seems kind of down to earth, but just, I don't know. You never know with people like that. Yeah. Chris, your answer? I want to work with so many people. Like, I just want to see, like, if Kendrick, the thing is like, mm-hmm. dude, I'd be like, wow, uh, yeah, let's see what we could do. Or, <laughs> like, I love hip hop. So, I mean, like, Chance, of course. But then there's also, like, uh, like if Ivy Lab were to approach or Mr. Carmack or just like other producers, I feel like because all we want to do is like have the opportunity to get to make music with other people. So like all of those people. Nice. I'm hearing a little bit of backing sound. Is that? Yeah. They're playing Jacob Collier, actually. His single. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. Question number four. What's your all time favorite movie? Favorite movie. God, probably... Ken, get out of here. <laughs> Sorry, our, our friend Ken, shout out to Ken Urban. He was, he was just like, <laughs> he was just the Lion King. I think for me, it would, it, would re, it would be Star Wars A New Hope. It would, re, it would be Star Wars A New Hope because it is the original movie. For me, that like, I, I just was like, it's again, it's that same spirit. Like, oh my God, like, wow. how was that possible? I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were a Star Wars guy. I am. Nobody knows that. Yeah. You never geeks out about it. <laughs> I never do. Because... Every time a new one comes out, it's like, oh, Ooh. yeah, I, because guess, I new... guess I'll go watch it. But the new, but the new one isn't. <laughs> isn't it, cool. it, it isn't a new hope. <laughs> it's not a new hope or Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back. That whole it's arc. It's not a new hope. It's not. And also how Star Wars. <laughs> it is. It's not as good. New hopelessness. Just, Ooh, you're gonna upset some Star Wars fans out there. Well, because if you like those, you're not Star Wars. Fans. Yeah, because what's important again? There's like there's I'm like joking. a theme. There's a theme here. Like the the innovation of what that movie was when the time that it came out is like right. the same exact. It, it was way huge. Yeah. Making music because it's like George Lucas like how do I do this? It's like I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out. And then he did and made something crazy and now it's iconic for the rest of time. So like that's the right. point. Like that because it's that energy of like how do you make something that's so crazy and unique and make people feel like wow that feeling of awe is like that's one of the first times i remember feeling it i I think for me is any of the miyazaki films like a spirited away or like princess mononoke the ghibli films it's because i'm a huge fan of japanese animation and also Mm -hmm. the composer for those films joe hisaishi is like his music makes me cry every time so yeah yeah uh, I'm I'm with you. Music, good music does it for me too. All I'm right, with you. Yeah. All right. Next question: What is the strangest food you've ever eaten? Raw chicken. Raw chicken. Raw chicken. That's pretty strange. Wow. Yeah. Where'd you eat that? Oh, that was Japan. That's so funny. Yeah, because it's like so fresh that you can eat it raw. Uh huh. You can have sashimi. Really? Chicken sashimi. Yeah. yeah. And they dip it in like vinegar or like lemon or something to get rid of all the bacteria yes it was not a gross thing but it was definitely like okay i was about to say no no no, no. but that's yeah, the thing yeah. it's just like when our friend cole was like hey man you gotta try this we we're like no that sounds weird it's like, no i promise <laughs> it'll be great yeah. i was very skeptical hmm. at first because i was again you hear raw chicken you're like that's crazy don't do that 
Right. I'm like, you're braver than me. That's all I'm saying. I, I had, it's a tie between raw horse liver and both in Japan, by the way. Of course. <laughs> and of course. turtle balls, testes. <laughs> when did you do that? Wow. My grandpa made it. He fished it, he fished it out of like the gutter and then made a stew out of it. So I was like, this little ball. Okay. It's really good. What is it? It's turtle testicles. So. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. So it, oh on my top goodness. of that, it was okay. really good. How cool is that? I was not expecting these answers. That's all I can say. This, <laughs> is, this is a surprise. This is a surprise. Oh, okay. To, to follow that, next question. What's your favorite vocal effect? To like... To, to like beatbox, beatbox or... Beatbox vocal effect. Right. Sound, I guess. Yeah. I mean... It changes yeah. from time to time. Depending <laughs> on what I'm doing. What's your... I love making... I mean, I like doing... It just feels good to me. Really great sometimes. What's, what's your top snaps. three? My top three? Yeah, top three. Just do them. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, no. Um, the standard? Yeah. Um, the standard. Uh, just uh, probably because it feels really good when yeah. you harmonize with yourself. It's really good, yeah. Because if you get yourself... If you're in tune with yourself, like literally with, with whatever intervals you're doing, it yeah. just feels... Yeah, you're amazing. you're basically doing a lip buzz with a certain pitch, and then you're doing you're singing another note above it. So, oh, wow. it's unison. It's a fifth, and then another major third. Yeah. So you can go, do that, that cool. forever and just like stack it. Yeah. And you can do it inwards, too, with a yeah. thing called a lip roll. Oh, wait. I just learned how to do it. <laughs> Inward bass, so I guess that's like a inward fun, bass. fun new inward bass. Okay, <laughs> it sounds really great on like a like on a sub system. Oh man, oh yeah, but that's got to sound killer on the mic. Yeah. Yes, and I'm working on a thing called vibration bass, and that's probably my favorite one right now. Okay. Nice. Man, okay, all the the advanced level stuff here. All right, next question. This is this is my co-host's favorite question to ask: cats or dogs? Cats. Ooh, okay. okay. We, we got a cat person. person. All right. I'm a cat person. I'd rather have a cat than a dog. I, I love dogs. I love dogs, but the convenience okay. of a cat trumps a dog. Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like a cat, you don't you can just you don't have to worry about it. The cat comes, it's like like yeah, kitty so cute a dog i love dogs i really do but there's so much work there's so much more work than a cat <laughs> they can be a lot yeah yeah more work than a cat yeah sure. and yeah. You, you have to True. do all this yeah. work to care for it for a long period of time before they can behave in a specific way you just had a bad experience i did it sounds like it time. it really sounds <laughs> so much responsibility he was there right? mm-hmm. but for the cat <laughs> the cats cats you don't have to do that for you yeah. have to make sure you feed them right. once a day, and then they're they're, just they're like, happy. I'm gonna Always. hang out yeah. at my belly. Yeah, the cats are their own people, you know, own person. Right, and it makes them even cuter. Yeah, because I I was a dog person. I'm a cat. Cats are great. Well, I I can't relate, but I I do understand. It, it does make sense hearing it. So next question: What is your favorite cartoon? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. anime, anime definitely counts. Oh, why did you ask us this question? <laughs> I have too many. Oh no. What, um, one of your favorites. favorites. Adventure Time is my favorite cartoon. <laughs> nice. I was going to say Gravity Falls is really good. Gravity Falls is really Such good. Such a good show. Steven Universe is really good too. And obviously, you have your classics like your Dragon Ball Z. Demon Slayer? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. The animation. Wow. Yeah. We like anime. I can tell. I'm picking up on it. I respect it. Love cartoons. Yeah. Just, just animation in general. I'm yeah. really, really into. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good stuff. I get it. Yeah. 
All right, next question. What is the biggest mistake you've made while beatboxing? Using somebody else's microphone. Here's the so thing. In the true. beginning of you beatboxing, when like you're with a lot of friends, you're like, oh my God, this, oh, let me pass you this mic. Oh, The minute you do that, you inhale everybody's spit. Oh. Also beatboxing into that microphone, which means bring your own mic. I mean, yeah, now obviously means, everyone yeah, has to use their own mic. Just even everybody, you know you've paid your dues as a beatboxer if you've <laughs> and you yeah. inhaled somebody else's Entire, entire box. Yes. Oh, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It's so gross. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. <laughs> don't ever, you oh. never want, because it's oh. like, you can't, you're in the middle of making <laughs> music and you go, <laughs> and you're like, I can't, I can't stop making music, but this is the grossest thing that's <laughs> yeah, ever happened. Yeah, every <laughs> snare you do, you just inhaling you know, spit. But you don't want that. Don't do that. End the song as soon as possible. <laughs> We're doing a condensed version of the track this time. What about you, Gene? Similar, similar answer or something different? Can't I can't beat that answer. That's that's so true. It rings true <laughs> in so many levels. It's so gross. I can almost yeah. taste it. So stop. He's right. I, I'm sorry. I'm making you relive that. Relive that. You have so. to understand because Why? when you're going, the. It follows mm -hmm. the airflow from the mic into your mouth, yeah. so you feel it almost just like <laughs> into into your body. It goes, and remember, you're talking about like ten other people. Who, it's gross. Never yeah. do that. Oh, okay. Note it. Definitely note it. All right. Final question: If you could have an endless supply of one thing, what would it be? Endless supply? Probably money, because that would facilitate <laughs> everything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, literally. Because I, I wouldn't need a lot to live, but like I could do, mm -hmm. I could be free to just. You can buy the earth. Why do you want to buy the earth, dude? I don't want to <laughs> buy the earth. I don't know. That's an interesting, to... interesting thought. I'm just saying, like, because <laughs> money is a resource that you can use to, like. Yeah, it is a resource. Yeah, for sure. To facilitate and things. An endless amount will be clutch. Because you could just, you can help. <laughs> you could just enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Right. Ever. Right. And if that if it's endless, then the things I really care about, like you could end hunger, everybody would have health care, okay. education would I would pay for everybody's school. Nobody right. would have to yes. worry about food ever. Come on, endless <laughs> money would like facilitate that forever. Because I. All right. What about you, Gene? For my, what's yeah. the point of me having all of that? It, there's not. There's too many other things happening in the world. How do I beat? Passion for things, I guess. Well, that's a good Because when you lose Ooh. passion for things, it's a really sad moment. Yeah, that's true. You know? That is a good point. Yeah. So into this, now I don't care about it at all. You know, that's <laughs> like a sad moment. So once wow. once a passion is sparked, I wish it never went out. Mm. So you can just keep getting better at whatever that is. Right. Man. Okay, good answer. Good answer. Well, thank you both for that fun and enlightening round of rapid fire questions. Man, I feel like, you know, my, my soul has been calmed now listening to all of that. Uh, so we always like to end the show with a, a little bit of advice, something that our listeners can walk away with, something that they can apply to their life, their, their music, their artistry. And we always want to ask our guests if they could offer our listeners that piece of advice. So we pose that a question to both of you. Gene, Chris, if you could offer our listeners some advice, what would you say? Listen to our album um, All Seriousness. I think don't be afraid. And what I mean by that is like there's so many other influences that we have in our lives that like tell us that whatever we really care about might not be the thing that's right for us. But truly the only person who knows is yourself. So like if artists are I think some of the bravest people because they take the chance on themselves to like 
make things that are true to their life. So for anybody who's listening right now, if you feel like, I don't know if what I really care about is that important, just try. Give it yeah. give it a shot. Because, like, yeah, again... Don't, don't be afraid to copy people. Yeah, just don't be yeah. afraid to learn and make mistakes. I sound like Miss Frizzle right now. But, like, <laughs> tru- truly, it's, like... Don't put so much pressure on, like, trying to do it a specific way. Just be present in your process of making what you care about come true in the world. Let your, like, literally let your imagination and your intuition, like, guide you. Because you really do know what is important to you. And the fun part is, like, experiencing it with yourself and other people who think and care about the same things that you do. So don't be afraid. That's what I would say. Especially now. Because this is a time where people are always afraid, and for a good reason. But like, in order to be courageous, you have to be afraid because you can't be, you can't have courage without fear. It's acting because you're afraid and moving forward anyway. So I'd say it. I would say okay, don't like you're allowed to be afraid, but keep it moving. It's so and give it a shot. You never know what'll happen if you just start moving. So that would be yeah. my advice. For yeah, sure. don't be stagnant. Yeah, I said something about you know, endless supply of passion, which is, you know, impossible. I know there's a way to kind of reignite it and re keep the fuel going for passion. And that's to have a very, very clear vision of what you want to become. And if you have that vision on your mind, you're going to achieve it. And like you, like part, part of the reason why people lose passion is because they lose sight of what that vision was like Mm -hmm. and they kind of forget it and and then it's like why am i working this hard exactly what am i doing this for i forgot so just remember what ignited that passion in the first place and hold on to that vision and it helped me a lot just having that vision of for me like beatboxing you know my vision was to be able to recreate and create music on the spot whatever i wanted and it sounds like it's just produced mixed mastered music coming out of my mouth and that's the vision i still hold today and that's what keeps me going to become a better beatboxer and musician so yeah keep that vision going awesome wonderful advice from both of you guys thank you so much for that um if our listeners wanted to learn more about uh, the both of you learn more about spider horse keep in touch learn about any kind of upcoming projects where could they go Primarily focusing on right now. I don't know why I start. <laughs> I start talking a British <laughs> accent sometimes. When I, I start teaching, I literally would like to check out all our YouTube to the Beatbox House. That is our crew. Yeah, it's uh, me, Gene, Kenny Urban, Mitt, and uh, Napalm. We've combined our forces of beatboxing. This our all world cr- champion beatboxers. Yeah. All in our own unique way, moving the art form forward and the way we see fit. So we're just documenting yeah, our journey. House, yes. What have you? Yeah. What have you? <laughs> what have you said? Uh, and then you can also follow us at Spiderhorse Spider underscore official. That is our Instagram. And you could also look up Spider Horse on Spotify or any other streaming platforms. And this show is off the rails. Check us out. Just put in Spider Horse on Google and it should come up. Yeah, we're the only Spider Horse. It's Google, just so. like, I don't... No and, space. And truly, we'll put it on the record. The, we have to win a Grammy because we have to see how far we can take this name. And, and, and That started and, out that as a started joke. That started out as a joke. Please, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to us. Yeah. We don't know why it's yeah. that but it's become championships okay cool you did that acapella champs they did it yeah i'm with you i want to see that on a grammy i want to see that name exactly on a grammy. wouldn't that be the best 
Like, why did that even That'd happen? Be- we just have to see that, and that's what I mean. Literally, a vision. That's literally, and that's all it has to be. It's like with this, and it has to be simple. It's like mm-hmm. I want it to be mm-hmm. this, and you'll do every, and do mm-hmm. anything you can to just get to that thing. To, to, don't yeah. be afraid, right. and I have the vision because then you'll get there. Spider Horse on a little Grammy would be hilarious. Yeah. Hey, we're putting it out there in the universe. You know, that's gonna happen. You have to keep. You do it every day. You're like, okay. We're just one mm-hmm. day closer to this thing. And you imagine it. You literally have put yourself in the situation where you're thanking everybody. Like when we would perform for Carnegie Hall, we would like wave. Well, we're standing in our room and we're waving to nobody. But like <laughs> you put yourself in it all the time. And that's how you get there. You, you do it repetitively until like it's in your bones. And when you finally get there, it's not weird at all. It's just something right. you've been waiting for for a really, really, really long time. But you have to put in the work to practice it. Anyway, mm-hmm. Grammy. Also, well, be sure to go and check out Spider Horse on all the streaming platforms as well as their social media accounts. And be sure to go check out their debut album. It's pretty killer. They got a lot of cool tracks on there that you're going to love for sure. On that note, we want to remind you that Talkapella does have a Twitter account. We're on Twitter at Talkapella, two P's, two L's. As always, you can find previous episodes of Talkapella at talkapella.org. And if you want to keep in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. Be sure to go follow all the work I do with College Acapella. We want to thank Chris Elise and Jean Shinozaki so much for joining us on tonight's episode of Talk Acapella. You guys have been a blast. Thank well, you so thank much. You so much for- <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Also, well, thank you guys so much. We also want to give a shout out to Acaville Radio. They are the wonderful platform through which this show is able to stream through. So thank you all for listening. For everything else, stay tuned.